0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Plenty of content in advance of the Dolphins and the Packers coming up on Christmas. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, the latest columns from Mateo Mayorga, and others. We do not have a paywall. And the great sponsors. The five reasons sports network he sponsors the pregame show here every single night before floor with Jonathan Romlicon and the crew. He's Mark Brown. Go to markbrownpa.com. That's markbrownpa.com pa.com. I send you there for two reasons. Again, it's marcbrownpa.com. The first reason is if you have a family, you need an estate plan. Make sure your money goes to the people it should go to. You don't want it to end up in like probate and all the rest of that stuff, all messy. Everybody's angry at you after you passed away. And so, no, make sure it gets to who you wanted to get to. Fill out the forms. It doesn't take a long time. It's not expensive. Mark's based in North Lauderdale, just north of Cypress Creek off of Andrews. He can help you go through everything. I can tell you because he did it for me. The other thing he did for me was... He handled a couple of my closings on real estate, and he can do a great job for you on that as well. So reach out at markbrownpa.com. He's got a title company right there in-house. Again, M-A-R-C, 954-566-5678, 954-566-5678. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay.
1: Yikes. Uh, oh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs, wait here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, ram rubber frogs. Just like what to say, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plain, got a all band, y'all seen the block, stop one hand And Pat me trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We actually have five on the floor today. We finally have enough from our usual crew. We got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. But we've also got our, the hosts of our 305 Live on Twitter Spaces, so long as Twitter Spaces still exists. Uh, we'll be there on the off days. we got John Jablanka. He's coming from across the pond, actually, which uh, this is not a new thing for us at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Simon Clancy uh, is, is a host of Three Yards Per Carry on the Dolphins. Make sure you check that out. And I had to go through his 65 last names. we got Justin Reynolds, uh, and I'm going to let you give – he's going to give you his Twitter handle. Justin Shock, is that correct? It's Justin shock. Yep.
3: J U S T I N S H O C.
0: All right. So we got Justin, we got John, we got Alice, we got Greg. This is a little bit, we're going to go a little bit different on this episode um, quicker answers. And we're going to kind of do this a little more rapid fire and just to kind of get into some of the issues that are plaguing this team, because here's where they are right now. Okay. They are 16 and 16. That's as average as you can possibly be. Their season is bookended by bad home losses to the Chicago bulls. First game of the season. And the game that they just played they have 50 games left okay it's a lot of games like you can figure some things out during 50 games after all there was a 50 game season in 1998 1999 which heat fans as old as greg and i will remember ended with the heat finishing with the one seed and losing in the first round to the knicks who lost only who won only uh six fewer games during the regular season so in, in the last 50 games a lot of stuff can happen but it just doesn't feel like this team can get out of its own way. So I, we're going to go to our guests today first, because everybody hears from Greg and Alex and I all the time, John, what is the problem? Like, like if you were to identify, what is the biggest issue with this team from an on-court perspective? Cause I have some off-court stuff that I'm going to want to get to here in the pod, did a little research the past couple of days, but like wh- what's, what's plaguing them the most?
1: I think the first one is a lack of uh, creation outside of Jimmy. Um, Outside of Jimmy, there's no one who can pressure the rim on their own without a screen or without any DHOs or any of those movements uh, to create go, to create those downhill opportunities. And without that, you can't, there is no offense. Like watching offense without Jimmy is just watching a bunch of people doing anything on offense. Um, so I think that's the main issue that there's is no one that can actually create for themselves consistently and playmake for others.
0: All right, so to follow with you on this real quick before I go to Justin, what was supposed to take care of that? Because we, we knew that Jimmy was not going to play every game. Like before the season, I said he's never going to play 70 again. I'm not quite sure he's ever going to play 60 again. It's, it's, it's always something, right? So what was it? Is it, is it Depot, you know, taking time around into shape and maybe never ultimately rounding into that kind of shape where he can do that consistently? Is it the fact that as good as Tyler has gotten in a number of different areas, that's still not really his game. Like what, because last year, even when Jimmy didn't play, they, they were a little better uh, than they had been the year before in terms of playing without him.
1: Um, to fix that was probably just have historic shooting. Um, that masks a lot of talent issues. If you're shooting 41% on the highest volume that doesn't matter if you pressure the rim. Uh, but without the shooting without the rim pressure we will see that that offense is not sustainable
0: Justin I'll go to you on this because uh, the Jimmy thing like I said is in the regular season that's always going to be a problem like the, for the length of his contract it's not going to get better mm-hmm. so you know, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday who knows the Heat organization pretty well, who was basically saying, well, they have a guy to fill in for Jimmy. He didn't play last night, which was Caleb, who can do some of the things that Jimmy does, not all of them. But they've got him playing out of position, which means they don't really have a Jimmy replacement uh, to you. Is the fix on this roster, I guess?
3: Um, I-, I said this a lot of times on 305 Live with John. Uh, it's split, man, because every time I say this, People get mad or people understand um, the major difference between this year and last year. is isn't the fact that we lost P.J. Tucker. It's the fact that we put someone who was averaging 21 plus off the bench to the starting lineup. And we continue to watch and watch and watch and watch and see that this team just lacks firepower off the bench. They get destroyed off the bench. And I don't know what it is, you know, I'm not sure if you want to start Depot or whatever it is, but I feel like at some point in time, you might want to consider trying to put Tyler Hero back on the bench. And it's not something that's bad. I I don't find it to be disrespectful. The man got paid. You should be able to do what you got to do. If it works for the team, it works for the team.
0: I want to follow with you, Greg, on that, because that seems like the most obvious answer. Right. Like, I mean, if you, if you just from a basketball perspective, it just seems like the most obvious answer. What's different from last year? Tyler's I mean, PJ, PJ, Caleb, I, again, I, that debate to me is stupid at this point. Caleb is outplayed, PJ. Uh, it, it's it's the biggest change is that Tyler Hero was leading the most productive bench in the league last year. And now he's not. But everything feels like whenever you say anything like that, it feels like you're insulting Tyler, like this whole thing that I've been tweeting out about how the more that you know that Tyler has noticed apparently which I knew he noticed because I could tell him his reaction to be in a question I asked that uh the more that Tyler scores the less successful they are as a team and again I don't mean that as a shot at Tyler but it just has played out that way and all of the metrics show that and they know the metrics Greg like they know the metrics off the bench they know the metrics with certain combinations Uh, like to you, two things. Would it just feel like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic if essentially you, you move Tyler back to the bench? And it's like, c- Can you, from an optics perspective, even look at that? Because it's going to look to the outside world that they're blaming Tyler, even if they're not, even if we're not. That's risky.
4: I think that especially as young as Tyler is, it's a risky proposition to, um, and I know that I guess if any organization was going to, throw outside perception to the wind it would be the Miami heat but by the same token to give a guy a max deal and then immediately move him to the bench it feels like there's some regression there that shouldn't be taking place so it becomes a bigger conversation of like okay you've now built a roster and the top three guys If we're talking Kyle, Jimmy and Bam, they're the eighth highest paid trio in the league. Now you're adding a $30 million Tyler Hero to the mix like why is that not working I think is like that's it's the baffling thing to me and I guess like to john's point earlier shooting masks a lot of the deficiencies that maybe we didn't see last year, but Um, I think it's too risky to move Tyler to the bench, although it may fix some of the issues and truthfully it may balance things out. I think to the larger point, if guys were shooting better, it wouldn't matter as much. And I think it's incumbent on everyone to look inward and say like, why the hell when you put the four best players on the team on the court together, does it not work? And who's not to blame because that's not the right word for it, but like, whose responsibility is it to make that work and to figure that out? And I think pointing at the guys making minimum salaries or mid-level salaries and saying those are the guys that are not producing, that feels a little off-kilter to me as well. So um, it's a a challenge. I don't know that I have the answer, honestly.
0: I think that's a big problem with the heat season is that if you look at guys individually, a lot of them have improved the way you wanted them to improve. And yet it's still not working. If, if if like, if there were a couple of the core guys that were really playing poorly, that would be a different thing. I'm going to go to you on this, Alex, because you proposed a stat here, the core four have a plus 7.9 net rating together, which is obviously much better than anything else. All right. So I'll ask you this because I, I want to shift the conversation to Jimmy here in a second, because I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Cause I do think when your best player is sitting so much, even if the reasons are legitimate, it sets a tone that the regular season doesn't matter that much. And I feel like that has seeped in here a little bit this year also. But Alex, I mean, so are we blaming them too much? If if the, if the, if the net rating, if they're plus 7.9, that would be like a top six, seven team in the league. Well, better than that, actually.
2: Well, yeah, that's kind of the problem, right? Is that when they play together, they're good. And so I'm not necessarily worried about them playing together. It's what happens when they're not, right? And that's why I understand the argument. Of like there, there is some sense to bringing Tyler off the bench. The only reason I'm not there is because I do think you can kind of um, replicate those same,, uh, you know what I mean, you can get those same benefits by just mixing up your rotations a little bit and not, you know, demoting him because you know he would see it as a demotion. Not that we necessarily think it's a demotion. But this already happened two seasons ago, right? Except now he's come off of, like you said, getting paid big time. And I think he's gotten better this season. And it actually shows, um, you know, certain advanced stats are are painting him very nicely, you know, in an up and down season like this, where the heat have been very inconsistent. There hasn't, they haven't been dominated by any means. Everything has been close. Like they're better with him on, um, you know, some of the, some of the stats that kind of put everything together, the impact stats are, are, are higher on him this season than last when you would think, you know, last season, they were a better team. He had a role that was painted for him. The difference is he has more to his game now and he's just matured as a player. And I think he's figured out how to make it work with the starters. And like, when you look at it, whether the core four with Caleb or without Caleb, the numbers are great. Right. And then you look at the difference between Tyler and Bam together and Tyler and Dedman together, and it is astronomical. And then you look at that kind of combination and, and look, man, it's just hard not to be um, tough on Dwayne Dedman at this point, because, you know, the advanced stats are screaming it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're screaming it out. Just when you talk about on and off data, like they are losing those minutes by a lot. And then they they're really good when they have their best players on the floor. And so what it shows you is last year, they were a solid team altogether. This season. They're kind of not like the depth is not the depth on the team is not what it was last season.
0: And, and Alex, it's not, and I'm going to go to, uh, we're going go to adjust it on this next. Cause I want to pivot over to the Jimmy conversation, but the, the other point on this is we talk about Deadman and obviously that is not something they would be doing right now. If everybody was healthy, you're, would be playing right now. There's no question that that was the plan this year. And that the plan was you had Deadman around as kind of an extra body until that contract was movable on January 15th. That's, that's where they were, but it's not just him. I mean, Max has hit the wall. Okay. I mean, the numbers are awful over the last eight, nine games. Uh, Gabe isn't playing, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we talked about Kyle, and the struggles that he was having at times in terms of his consistency. Uh, But the answer was supposed to be Gabe in terms of giving you, and because of the knee and all the rest of this, he hasn't been able to give you what you expected. He's shooting under 30% from three. So I'm with Greg. I understand what we're saying here. You can't blame the minimum guys, but I will say this. Those guys are up for contracts soon. So, I mean, this may change their decision-making, not just in terms of are you going to extend these guys, but also maybe you include them in a trade if you're not going to extend these guys. These these become these are conversations we didn't necessarily think we were having. But Justin, let me pivot to this, and I'll let Greg go in because I know he's not going to be here for the entire pod. And then we'll we'll go back to uh, to to John and to Alex here. Uh, what does Justin have on the screen? I can't even see it. Oh, there's the coffee. He's got the big face coffee. All right. So let me ask you this question: Jimmy Butler is an elite postseason player we know that he's top there's no question he's top 10 in the league maybe top five in the league when it actually matters okay he has had a a knee issue which dates back to last postseason which is going to be chronic pretty much i mean he has to he's got to get it treated he's got to get the swelling down all the rest it's not something that requires surgery at this point he had a backage issue recently which wasn't widely reported um and they are, they are pacing him to a certain extent, and they are reading his body. And, like, okay, he goes to Mexico and eats some crickets, and he gets sick. I don't know, we'll say cause and effect there, but he doesn't play last night. But it does seem deflating. It's like every time that they get on a run, Jimmy's out. <laughs> right? And then they have to start over again. And it feels to me a little like the 13-14 season where, like, LeBron didn't know if Dwayne was going to play. And he was frustrated with it. But the difference was he was still LeBron to carry them without Dwayne. Like they don't have a LeBron to carry them without Jimmy. Uh, How do they handle the solution, Justin, of of pacing Jimmy to get him to when it most matters? But then at the same time, if it it may not matter by the time that they get there. I think the thing that
3: aggravates me the most uh, watching stuff like that is when I see Jimmy on the bench or, you know, not obviously, yes, he wasn't there cause he was sick, but normally it's like, he has like that smile on his face. Like, I love it, but you know, he's happy and everything's great. But like, when you're having, can I curse on here? Yes, go ahead. When you're having a shitty season, like the team is having a shitty season, there's nothing to be smiling about. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I said this in my spaces, it's like, nothing is funny, you know, like you're, you're above average team right now you shouldn't be smiling you know i don't I mean they're I don't, not even that they're 16 and 16. Not, not even that and and you know i guess to me i look at it as this team needs jimmy a lot and the fact that we are relying and we need jimmy to speed up processes of being healthy uh this early into the season is very alarming
0: i mean greg to that end it's a delicate dance right like i mean You've given Jimmy everything he wanted, right? He got he got the – deserved. I mean, you and I are going to say that from the very start. All deserved, okay? None of this is undeserved by him. Got the max, you know, the complete max. Got his guy to play point guard, okay? Um, and I'm not saying the injuries are illegitimate because the knee is – it, it, it's an issue. There's no question. He doesn't like to talk about injuries. He doesn't like to blame injuries and all that, but it's just reality. If he's not in there, they can't win. So what, how do you, do you push him more or are you still pulling no. back and hoping it comes forward in the playoffs?
4: Ultimately, and not everyone loves this reality, uh, when you have a top five, top seven playoff performer, a guy who in a big game you're going to bet is going to show up on both ends to leave open roster spots and avoid luxury tax when you have a player like that like there's ultimately like you got to face the music about that and like it shouldn't be a situation where you need Jimmy to overexert himself on December 21st or December 20th I guess yesterday when we at, when when the team actually played although I know he was out like that's that's where we're at like if you're going to be um essentially frugal when you have a player that can actually Take you to a championship? Then there's consequences to that, you know, decision making.
0: Let okay, me go to John on this. Okay, so we say frugal, right? I didn't see Carnival earnings today, so I don't know how this plays into it. I'll have to take a look.
3: That's So, where you just said, I was just about to ask, what was I, it?
0: I, I I'm going to see. I'm going to check CCL, though I don't want to because I will admit it's in my portfolio. Uh, John, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll ask you this, John. Uh, uh, on related to to that. Uh, we say being frugal, but then the counter to this would be we maxed Jimmy, we maxed Bam, we maxed essentially maxed Tyler. We went out and spent three years on Kyle Lowry when we wouldn't have otherwise maybe done that, particularly at that price. We weren't frugal for with our big four. So why are we complaining? This is the counter. Why are we complaining about the 14th or 15th roster spot? Is that is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Um... I don't want to slander or criticise Bam and Hero and Kyle. Well, there's a big drop-off when Butler sits. Because um, Bam is a different type of player. He's not the guy that can run an offence, carry an offence. Uh, when you see other guys top that second and third best player, they somewhat can do that. Then you, ha- When you Bam can't do that, Hero is still not there. Kyle's declining. So you don't really have a guy that can be your second guy on offense to replace Jimmy. Because I, th- I don't have a problem with Jimmy sitting out. I think that's the main, that's the usual thing with those aging stars. I was looking at like Curry and LeBron. They all play the same amount of games as Jimmy. So that's not a Jimmy only type problem. Um so I think it's just more of a talent issue around Jimmy. Um and I don't think a 50 I don't think like Carmelo fixes any of these issues either. So that's just the top hand talent.
0: All right. So I'm going to go to Alex after the break here. I want you to think about this question. If that's the case and you spent the money on these four guys, did they build the right kind of roster around Jimmy, whether it's when he's playing or when he's not playing again, accounting for the fact that he was probably going to miss significant time in the regular season. And you have to get to the finish line for Jimmy for this to matter at all. Before we do I want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors. Of the five reasons sports network. We mentioned our fantasy partner all the time it's prize picks. Use code five FIVE, get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. No rollovers, just go to prize picks on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or prizepicks.com. You can play two, three, four, five, six players together. We know the world cup's over, that was very popular with us on prize picks. Uh, but you still got MMA, and of course, you still got NBA, NHL, and NFL. We'll be doing uh, a bunch of college football stuff as well. So go to prize picks. Use that code five F I V E and our betting partner is better edge. That's with an O in it BetterEdge.com. for that one. Use the code five RSN. That's the number five RSN get $20 to play. This is peer to peer betting. You are betting against other people, whether it's your friends or people who are going to become your friends. When you take their money, you're not betting against the book. So go to betteredge.com. best part of both better edge and prize picks is they're legal in the state of Florida and many other States. So no like offshore stuff, where you're getting like a package from Costa Rica, six weeks later, you are actually going to get your money prize picks, better edge, prize picks, the code is five, better edge, the code is five R S N. This show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. All right, Alex, to you on that. I mean, is this the roster you would have built around, again, Jimmy Butler, tremendous two-way player, terrific in the playoffs, not an elite shooter, as we know, uh, but does everything else for you and actually has shot the ball at pretty high level this year uh, in comparison to the last couple of years, but is going to miss some time. But you don't have a second guy to really carry the offense, although I guess that could be Tyler. I mean, it is Tyler, but then we sort of talk about You know, then again, I know people accuse us of shifting blame to Tyler, which I don't think is what we're really doing here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question, man. I think like you can't really fault them individually for these four players, right? Like I think when you look at it um, just time wise, right, like chronologically, Tyler and Bam were absolute hits of draft picks, right? Like they got these guys and now it's pretty much their entire young core. Right? And not that their entire team is old or anything like that, because it's really just Jimmy, Kyle, and Deadman. But Tyler and Bam are their young core, right? Like you have other guys there who you'd like, which is fine, but you got those guys off of nailing those picks. You got those guys paid, and they absolutely deserved it. Obviously, we're talking about two different levels of players here. I'm not putting Bam or Tyler on the same tier, but I really don't think it's on them. Like I think Jimmy and Bam together are awesome. I think um, the core, that build of Jimmy and Bam together has already shown you. That they can go deep in the playoffs. And excuse me if you can hear any background sound here. I'm I'm outside in Hialeah, so it's gonna happen sometimes. But um, I mean, sometimes you do
0: this from a farm, so it's sounds
2: okay. like a baby goat. No, it's just Hialeah. Lionel <laughs> Messi was there. <laughs> yeah, it's Tyler in the background. No, but you're gonna hear a, a random bird making loud noises. But really, I think it's just a bird trying to get its opinion out. You know that Jimmy and Bam together are are really good, man. And I think you just got to get them a little bit better help. And really, the problem is that Tyler and Kyle you know, individually, I think, have done a good job playing their roles. And like I said, when all of these guys play together, they're good. The problem is, though, the difference is that when you kind of stagger all these guys, it's not as easy as, you know, okay, we had Tyler and Kyle out there. We can make it up with the rest of the guys we have. We'll have decent lineups. So I think it's, uh, you know, like last year, they were able to kind of survive with certain players out, whereas this season is like if Jimmy is out, their offense is terrible. If Bam is out, their defense is I mean, I don't even know what to describe it as. It's it's just awful. Like, they're not able to survive the minutes without their two best players on the floor. And so, like, I'm not blaming it on Kyle and Tyler. And I'm not really blaming it on the Heat front office for those two guys. Because I do think those guys deserve to get paid and are good at what they do. The problem is the way that they built the roster construction outside of those four guys doesn't really help them. Like, I think we've talked about this plenty of times before. Like, they're they're making up for their lack of size and they're trying to do it. Defensively, and that's going to be more of a problem in the playoffs when so you have to go against certain matchups. If you have to go against, you know, a team like the Bucks or the Celtics or the Cavs, whatever. But just like you have that, and you have them uh, leaning on all the shooting. The shooting is absolutely terrible. And look, um John tweeted out those shooting stats, which I think we should bring up. I don't have them in front of me, but they're like 29th they in catch a shoot percentage, and they're actually I think uh, six in pull up percentage, which is insane. Like it's it's just crazy how big the three-point shooting drop-off has been, right? Because that's what it ends up coming down to. It's like when, they're, when their threes are falling down, they don't look that bad.
0: But so, John, give us the numbers because I'm watching last night and I'm thinking the same thing. Jimmy's out. It's this deflating thing you find out. Again, stomach virus is a stomach virus, right? I mean, you get a stomach bug, it happens, okay? Uh, but as soon as that happened, I'm like, they're losing tonight. They're playing a desperate Chicago team you know, that's being criticized in the media. Billy Donovan got grilled for basically 15, 20 minutes before the game about the Zach Levine stuff and all that. And, uh, but when Jimmy wasn't playing, I'm like, okay, if they don't make 15 to 18 threes tonight, they've got no chance. And the looks are open. That's the thing. Like they're creating looks. I mean, there was one sequence where Deadman was trying to run. There was a, like, it was like a wheel play and they was trying to do a dribble handoff and there were five attempts at the dribble handoff that didn't work. I forgot. How, I think they actually scored on that possession, but it was it was it was kind of it's just depressing. It's just like they're trying to run basic offense. They can't get to anything. But then there are other times like Max is wide open with shots that he's made. Uh, Duncan is wide open. Um, Duncan used to have three hands in his face all the time. Now now they're leaving him alone. Sometimes he can't make shots. What do you, what? Why is there this first thing? go through the numbers, John? And then why is there this variance from what we saw last year?
1: Uh, so from last year, they went um, they shot 38%, uh, which was fourth in the league in catch-and-shoot shoot freeze. This year, they're 29th with 33.1, uh, so um, 5. 5% difference. Uh, they get more open shots, but they went from 30, 37%, which was first in the league, to 33.9, which is 18th um They went from fourth in wide open freeze percentage at 40.8 to 36.9, which is 22nd. And uh corner freezes, well, that, that was a big drop off. Um, they shoot 34% this year, uh, which is 24th and 38.0 is average.
0: Why does this happen? Like, I, I don't, that's what I don't understand. Like, you're saying basically the offensive process is working better. They're getting more open looks, right? Yeah. And they're just making like five fewer... I mean, the percentage is dropped by five. Like, that doesn't...
3: Adjust it. Is that what it is? Bro, they, they, this team should be ranked one right now. It, with, with everything I just heard, like, everything just sounds like if they just hit their shots, if they were just anywhere near to where they were last year, they would be in the same position as they were last year. Like, they're better. Like, every single person on the roster in the in the starting five is basically better this year. And I don't understand how... It's where it is right now.
0: It, but that's it, why it just that's why it's so confusing for the front office. And I think that's why the messages I've been getting from the front office are all over the place. Because it, it's kind of like they don't – I don't really think they understand it. Um, I, I will tell you this, okay? I spoke to someone yesterday. This was not a player. I had a conversation with a player yesterday, which I'll reveal over time. Uh, but I spoke to someone who's not a player yesterday who told me that Pat Riley was at uh, a season ticket holder event. And basically said, every game this year has been excruciating. I, I I I I don't I don't know if I want to quote the word. It was I believe the word was excruciating, but again, it's secondhand. Okay, so they're aware of it. They and and they've been waiting for the team to get healthy. I think it's been excruciating because they can't get healthy. I think it's excruciating because they're getting open looks they can't make. I think it's excruciating because everybody is getting some has gotten somewhat better individually. And the sum is less than the parts this time. Whereas last year the sum was much greater than the parts and it's the same coach. And the coach apparently is getting them more open looks that he got the last season. And nothing's going in like this is why. And this is why the topic of this is, can they ever get on a run, which is going to be the last question here. And I feel like we're answering it here. And I know Alex wants to ask John a question about shooting, but I feel like it's just like, OK, if they make their shots, they will. Like, so are we're wasting 40 minutes on every podcast because that's really the issue. That's
2: the problem. It's like, is this just like a bad a, a bad scientific experiment where we're going to spend the entire season talking about, well, if they, if they could just make their threes the whole time. And the, the answer is, and this is what I, what I, what I want to ask John, because I don't have the answer, but I'm, I'm wondering, is this a, like, are we just going through an experiment right now where we end up finding out when all of this ends is like the blueprint to try to replicate what they did last season offensively was a little bit off. Right. And like, I don't, blame them for trying to um, get a lot of threes up. I don't, but the the problem is it's like your bottom five or whatever it is in in rim attempts. They, they do, they're kind of in the middle of the pack and mid range. So it feels, and I've said this a lot on five on the floor here, just, it feels like their shot profile for this season shouldn't be so similar as to what it was last season. Cause you seem like offensively, the one thing they've actually done a lot better than last season is not turn the ball over so much, right? Like they went from like 23rd in turnover percentage last season, I think 10th or 11th right now. And that's with guys in and out right with, you know, we know how bad they are without Jimmy, without Bam. So it would probably be even better if those guys played a little bit more, specifically Jimmy. But what I'm asking is, is the blueprint right? Or should they try to change some of it up a little bit? Have teams adjusted and is, do they just have to mix it up or is it just, you know, let's get the threes falling again?
1: With this current loss, I still think this is the right blueprint because uh, they are getting open shots. They are not shots that... You don't want people taking... These are not shots that is Jimmy shooting threes. It's the guys you want to take threes. And, like, with the Lakers' problem, they had guys not been shooting threads, taking open shots. But like we have actual shooting threads taking open shots. uh And that should open up everything else. That should also, in theory, help the rim percentage stuff, rim attempts. It does feel a bit lazy to just say the shooting needs to be better, but it does... Um, I think I tweeted out yesterday that shooting will help our uh, floor. It will raise our floor from being an average to definite top six. It won't raise the ceiling to contend. I think that's that's a fix from a trade. But if you're just an average shooting team, I think that puts you definite in the top six.
0: I, I want to follow on that with you, John. Um, so because you, you, you mentioned trade, okay? So it feels like okay, the guy who fixes this is Bogdanovich, right? Because he he gives you the shooting and he solves the the hole at the four. He gets Caleb back to his natural position. Uh, but I saw that uh, I saw that Dwayne Casey compared Bogdanovich to Dirk Nowitzki yesterday, and I'm thinking, okay, they're they're making sure they get the most value possible there, and I'm not sure that the Heat have what it would take to get a guy like that. Uh, But is there any trade for anybody else that would help fix the shooting problem? And by that, I don't mean it has to be a shooter like Bogdanovich, but somebody who gets everybody in their natural spots. I'm talking about it more from a scheme perspective. So you have a real power forward, which puts Caleb, you know, as a super sub, you know, three, four off the bench, which is what he is. Okay. Two, three, four, guard all those positions, play with athleticism. And, uh, you know, and, and passion and all the things that Caleb does that I think we all think that was a great re-signing, right? Does anybody think they should not have re-signed Caleb for the mid-level over P.J.? Is anybody? No. Okay. Everybody shake their hands. All right. So is there any power forward that they could have? I mean, maybe isn't a Bogdanovich type, okay, but would help get everybody into their roles so that they would make more shots? Or again, is this just we're just we're, we're going in circles here because they're getting the shots anyway,
1: I think we have to go back to Kelly Olenek. Uh, I've been tweeting out all the time that losing him was like, it it did get us deeper, and that was unfortunate that he got injured. But uh, Kelly fits this team perfectly, especially with Bam and now with Jimmy. Um, So if you can get Kelly, that fixes the backup five as well. He could start the four and be your backup five with staggering minutes. And if you get a okay backup four as well, another type, another big type player not a caleb for a pj type four then i think that would still
2: fix most of the issues
0: you know you know john you know why i like that and I, i've liked the kelly idea for a while here first thing it wouldn't be expensive okay but but the the other reason i like it
2: you underrated kelly uh,
0: well i'm just no but i'm saying like no i'm not underrating him in this sense first no,
2: thing in general
0: like over the years no but for, first thing the bam ko minutes were always good Okay. There were certain times you couldn't use KO in the playoffs, but the Bam KO minutes were always better than Bam's minutes with anybody else. But the other reason I think it's important, and I didn't really get into this much in this episode. So we will maybe focus on this tomorrow is that there's no question. The more people I talk to, and I talked at length to somebody last night that this thing just got stale that it did get, it got, and I don't mean that for the running it back, like in terms of personnel, in terms of personnel and, and the players, I'm talking about personalities. It just got stale. Like they are kind of, you know, they came back thinking things would be the same just because they had the same roster. And it's not always that way. And this is exactly what happened after the bubble, as someone told me last night. And we'll get into more of this over the next 24 hours. Uh, but that's that's essentially that. And I actually think adding KO would be like a jolt of happiness to the locker room. Like it would feel like, OK, it's old, but it's kind of new again. And this is like they all liked Ke- uh, Kelly, um, I think. Uh, you know, th- there was a natural, uh, you know, warm feeling towards him. They know he was going to do the work, even if he had some limitations defensively. Well I actually everything. think like that would be an energizing move. I go back to the Chris Anderson move with the Heat in 2012, 2013, and how that kind of changed the locker room. Justin te- texts here, they just need prime LeBron and we good. Uh, but I actually have kind of liked uh, that that idea. Like, and, and again, I don't know that it would excite Heat fans that much, but I actually think it would excite the guys in the room which would be helpful. Um, But let's close here. I do want to mention one more sponsor, our friend, Eric Rubenstein, go to ericrubenstein.com. If you have a personal injury situation of any kind a slip and fall, a traffic accident, anything like that, medical malpractice, especially reach out to him. He graduated magna cum laude from St. Thomas university right here in South Florida is a huge Miami Heat fan. Every game I see him walking down the steps uh, pregame, hanging out with people, hanging out with players. He he is a Miami guy. You can find him and ask about me. I got you. But he's also really good at getting you your money. And that's the most important thing here. Eric Get what you deserve. You can check him out on Instagram as well. At ask about me. I got you. So let me ask the general question here uh, as we close. Other than just shoot better, since I think that's what we've all come to. What is it going to take, Justin, for them to get on a run?
3: Put the baby goat on the bench. That's <laughs> I, I, there's nothing else I can say, man. Like, because obviously, you know, trades, whatever, but just, just now and, and just thinking about what they can do to salvage the season and then wait until and who do you,
0: let out. me ask you this. Who do you start? I mean, that, that's the other thing. Cause like the, the obvious answer, like a month ago would have been, well, just start max. It worked last year, but if he's going one of eight from three, every game, like that's Oof. problematic.
3: Next numbers are good with the starters too, by the way. Yeah. I don't mind, I don't mind Victor. I, and I, I understand that people are like, you know, they're like, Oh, that's like, that's just going to be dreadful to watch, but defensively wise, I don't, I don't mind it. You know what I mean? Like they could sort of play like a PJ Tucker type role just defensively and just be like, Hey, look, we don't need that much offense right now. We just need to play some defense and that's it. But I, I don't know.
0: I was talking to somebody watching Victor yesterday. Uh, Cause I wasn't sitting with Alex Brady yesterday. So I was sitting with somebody who I'm not going to say on air because um He's not really supposed to talk about these things out of school, but I'll just say somebody very smart who follows the team regularly. Okay. And he was watching Vic and he said to me, he, do, he can get to a certain point, but he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't trust his body. Once he gets there, you know? I, and so Alice, I think that's the thing is like, he can do certain things he used to do, but it, it's like finishing the play. It's like he's not, he, you know, maybe his body isn't there. Maybe he doesn't trust it maybe he's just got to relearn all that behavior because I mean, he hasn't really been in that role in two or three years, but it's fine to talk about, okay, we need rim pressure. We need rim pressure, but if you're not actually getting to the rim to finish, it, it only helps you so much. If all you're really doing is spraying it out to a shooter. Right. So I, that I feel like if he was finishing, then I would say, yes, add that rim pressure to the starting lineup. See how that works. Give Tyler 35 minutes off the bench. Okay. Let him cook all the rest of that. But I just, I don't, I don't know that Vic's ever going to get his body back where that's what I keep saying. It's like, he's done a tremendous job with it, but it just maybe there's just maybe a ceiling to it.
2: Yeah. The big thing is tough right now because also like, it would be easier to slot him into the starting lineup if he at least was league average from, from three right now. And it's funny because like, I look at his shot, I'm like, that oh, doesn't look bad. I feel like he's, he's making it decent. Then you go look at what he's shooting. I don't have it now. And all it's all in and out. I don't,
0: he has worse luck with in and I, I, have you noticed that like it's the, the, the form looks good. The shots online. It, it swirls out
2: all the time. Hard, is it worse than Max? Because Max's shot is horrible right now. No, but at least the Max thing is when. Funny enough, because when you just look at Max, like they're better without him, just by himself, right? But when you actually throw him into the lineup instead of Tyler, those numbers are still really, really good. So it shows that he can still fit in with those guys. Not that I'm, you know, I'm all the way in on, on it, but I I do kind of see the you know, the, the sense here, because it's like, you have to figure out these rotations somehow. And I thought they were making some good um, progress to that. When all four of them are playing, you got to see more of that. But the problem is, is like, you know, you could throw Tyler back on the bench, but that means you're going to end up playing him with Detman again. And just, you know, their two man combination is like negative 17. And it's not Tyler's fault. It's just the bench problem is so bad right now. Like they got to give those guys a little bit, you know, I think, I think it ends up just coming down to, Try to acquire one or two more guys that you just trust. Right. And I think part of that is making a decision early about whether or not you want to pay Gabe and Max. Because not that I'm, I'm down to trade those guys, but if you're, if they're not so into paying those guys this summer, I don't know where they're at right now. But if they're not, it would be in their best interest to move them now. And so I think it comes down to that. It comes down to, trying to uh, plug in your holes via trade, but like the rim pressure stuff, it was never going to be fixed by just Victor Oladipo by himself coming off an injury. He was, you know, you just need him to be a nice, and I've said this before, you know, a usable, useful role player off of the bench for you who occasionally gets the rim more. The problem is he still kind of will lean towards the, you know, some of those jump shots because people are not really giving him the the rim, right? Like they're going to give him the jump shot. And so he ends up leaning towards it. He will sometimes, like his playmaking isn't bad, but he sometimes will kind of make the decision before he's, you know, before the, the read is even there. And so a lot of it, I think it's just getting back into rhythm. So I don't think he'd be a plug and play starter right now. And I don't think the answer is on the roster right now. Like maybe they could play Orlando Robinson instead of Deadman and that would be cool. And all of a sudden, if he's fine, you don't have to trade for a backup five and, you know, just go in on acquiring a four who can help you on both ends but or something like that. But I, I don't think the answer is on the roster. Like I, I think they're doing a disservice to the good players they have because, The construction is so all over the place and you have like one actual big. Right. And I'm I'm not talking about they need another big, but like you have one actual big with Bam, who is very, very good. And there are other very, very bad. And then you have other guys trying to play up who are not really forced.
0: What I think is interesting. I'm gonna let John close here. What I think is interesting about this is that we talk about the criticisms of Bam and Tyler for whatever you know it, the fans want from them right or what lineups tyler fits into or you know bam not being aggressive which has corrected itself this year obviously he's been much more aggressive but it almost feels like in a way that you know they've talked about bam and tyler kind of being the the, the bears you know toward to the, the torch bearers to the future but it also feels like they underrated both of them in a way and 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 this goes back to justin's point which is that it almost feels like they thought, okay, we can get Victor to do what Tyler did off the bench last year. And, and I think there was a significant underestimation of exactly what Tyler did off the bench last year, which was like 75% of the time when he played, he dominated offensively with that group when he came off the bench. And this is again, why I, I don't think that it's a criticism of Tyler to say they'd be better off with the bench. And at the same time, I understand why he's like, I'm, I'm not even in my prime yet. I'm a 20 point scorer. None of the other 20 point scorers around the league who play with some efficiency, which he does are coming off the bench. Why the hell should I come off that? I mean, Jordan Poole was, I guess Jordan Poole's not as efficient as Tyler, Uh, but Poole was until, you know, at times this year, obviously until Curry got hurt, but I understand his perspective on it. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like they thought, okay, we can just get Vic. Maybe it'll be done a little differently We can get Vic to be as impactful off the bench as Tyler was. And that just wasn't going to happen health or no health. He's not the same player that Tyler is at this stage. And so he can't carry a group when others were declining. And not only that, like we haven't talked about the Vincent thing enough. That's been a big deal. Like he was a very important, very good player for them last year. He hasn't gotten any kind of rhythm this season defensively or offensively because he's been out so much. And because the rotations have been all over the place So you haven't gotten out of him what you got out of him before. And then more has been put on Max's plate because less is on Duncan's plate. And that hasn't worked very well. Um, But the other thing on BAM is this. Nobody's expecting Dwayne Dedman to play at a BAM level, but you're not expecting to have arguably, you know, a top three player in the league at the position and go to a bottom three player in the league at the position. You can't, you can't, you know, I mean, if they had a Nas Reed coming off the bench right now, this might solve everything. To be honest, they don't even, they wouldn't even need a starting power forward. Uh, so John, I'll go to you on this, like other than the shooting and I'll let you close and and you guys should follow uh, 305 live on the off days here on Twitter spaces, uh, follow Justin Rattles and John Zablanca here and obviously follow their work uh, on Twitter as well. Um, John, so w- what is it? If it's not just shooting, if it's not putting Tyler on the bench, which as you know, maybe the best thing for the team, even if it's not something that's deserved, how do they get on a run?
1: I think there needs to be some uh, scheme or rotational change. They need Duncan, not, not specifically Duncan as a player, but what he brings. Because uh, they, I think that's the problem with why the offense wasn't that good with Hero starting, because he replaced a whole different type of player from the last three years. The last three years, Bam and Jimmy had a guy that just kept running and running around the three, um, going for those DHOs. Tyler doesn't do that. And I think the offense would be much better if he did do that, but that's also... Kind of a disservice to use him just like that, but the offense would fit much better with him taking on more of a Duncan role, especially with Jimmy and Bam. So I think it's they need to kind of change how uh, they use Hero with the starters, and then just let him do whatever he wants as he did last year with the bench. Um, so what I think it was that yeah, it was against the Spurs when they just used Duncan all the time in the fourth. And he didn't get up the shots, but that's still got that ball movement. got Everyone else, the defensive in rotations and got open looks. That's what they've been doing for the past three years. And they just went completely away from the DHOs.
0: That's a great point. And I think that gets back as we close here. Um, it gets back to the problem with this team right now, which is that every solution comes with a problem. You know, it's like, you know, because you're like, play Duncan more. I'm with you on that but then you're giving up stuff on the other end of the court and, you know, at at times. And, and then if he's not shooting the ball, well, you know, some of this kind of uh, doesn't work for you either. All of their solutions have a problem. So they may need to introduce some other solutions from outside the roster. And I think, I think a shakeup at this point, and I'm not talking about dramatic shakeup, but adding a piece or two, even if it's an old friend, like a Kelly Olynyk, I think it would do wonders for that room. I just think it would it would show the team they were trying to compete, and you know what? If you want to compete, you may have to pay the tax. It's Just the way that it's just the modern NBA at this point. Um, a, we want to thank John and Justin for joining us. I will say, John, uh, I see the I see the winter coat in the background there, so we we know you're not in South Florida. So that's how this plays out. Uh, <laughs> here, but follow Justin and John on three hundred five live. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. And of course, thanks to our sponsors, Price, Picks, Better Edge, Eric Rubenstein, uh, and uh, MarkBrownPA.com.
4: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.